Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, March 28, 2021. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your son Jesus who died for us on the cross and rose again for our justification. Thank you for the Holy Spirit you are giving to us to teach us, to lead us and to guide us. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will continue to lead us this day and guide us wherever we are as we plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all the hearers and also all who are involved in this ministry. We give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. May the Lord continue to bless him and continue to enlarge his coast. We will still continue with our series, The Holy Spirit, Helper, Teacher, and Guide. This series outline is on the board. We go to the next slide, which is fifth one. Then we move to the next one, number eight, which we did last Sunday. Church organizes to tell the Holy Spirit. No, sorry, two Sundays ago. Last Sunday was number nine, Consequences of Rebellion Against the Holy Spirit. Today's topic is, but no one can ever stop the work of the Holy Spirit. No one can ever stop the work of God. It's foolishness to do so. To try. The other ones will continue 11 to 14. So, well, let's continue now to today's topic. But no one can ever stop the work of the Holy Spirit. This is week 10. The outline. Who can stop God's plan? The Holy Spirit continues to empower faithful believers. Number three, persecutions couldn't stop the work of God. The scriptures or church organizations, whom would you believe? The teachings of the scriptures or the teachings of church organizations? Number five, the Bible and the printing press. God is looking for those who believe his word and study his word and act on his word and live according to his word. First item, who can stop God's plan? Satan, as Lucifer, couldn't stop God. He planned an insurrection against God and he failed woefully. Satan, again, as the serpent in the Garden of Eden, couldn't stop God's plan to have his children inhabit and rule this earth. Satan and his cause couldn't stop God's plan to redeem fallen humanity. Even though he polluted the world before the great flood, he thought by polluting everything, God will destroy everything and then that's the end of humanity. Not satisfied, he inspired the people of Sodom and Gomorrah to engage in homosexuality. That practice would have ensured the extinction of the human race if other nations adopted it. So you don't understand why God had to send fire and brimstone from heavens to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah as a warning. Because homosexuality means 
the end of the human race, if all of us practice that. Satan wanted to direct Christ's ministry. Remember the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the desert? He offered him well to the whole world. How foolish. So the question to you and I would be, and to also those apostate leaders of many centuries past, if Satan who had great power, of course the power was given to him by God, he's a created being. If Satan were great power and one third of God's angels couldn't stop God, why do human beings think that they can stop God? God told us in his word, in the scriptures, that this world is passing away. But if you listen to many pulpits by many pastors and Jews who fly jets and deceive their congregants, you would think that this world is glorious and that good practices will delay and stop the inevitable. And I preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which calls all to repent, embrace the cross of Christ, accept his saving grace, you know, to inherit eternal life. They continue to preach a life that is on this earth. I have news for everyone. There is nothing you and I and your Jew or your pastor or your president or your emperor can do to stop the world's descent into extinction. This world is passing away. The word of God says so. I didn't say so. Can we read the first scripture, please? I read from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 17. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Praise the Lord. Look at the contrast. He says, those who look at this world to prosper it and prosper themselves will not inherit eternal life. Because God does not, has told us not to love the things of the world. So those people who say in the pulpits are going to tell you to bring your tithes and offering. You know why I continue to say this? Because as we continue, you see how pollution continued. Because we are going to talk about apostate Christianity of the first, second, third, fourth, fifth century. People will say, oh no, but that's dead. No, it still continues till today. But let me not digress. The world is passing away. So whoever is preaching to you that this world is going to get beautiful is an enemy of God. And is also your enemy. He doesn't want you to inherit eternal life. Number two, the Holy Spirit continues to empower faithful believers. As Christianity spread in the early centuries, churches in many areas failed to see the Holy Spirit's cancer as they organized and selected their leaders. We already spoke on that subject. Yet, if there was a time for churches at that time to have saw the Spirit's cancer, it should have been in the matter of how, when to organize and who to select as leaders. But they did not. Remember the seven deacons who were selected by the first the, the apostles? They prayed. And the Spirit guided them into the seven people they selected. In a few hundred years after Christ's ascension into the heavens, 
most please know the word very carefully most if not all of the organized church groups have become apostate we are talking now the churches of the first millennium through the centuries even within that apostasy followers of Christ who saw the Spirit's counsel were able to do God's will the Spirit opened their eyes to see the mess just as you open your eyes to see the mess he also made them to understand that what organized churches had done was rebellion some of the disaffected left they could not stand the pollution of the, in the churches they left for the deserts to live solitary lives so you've heard about the desert fathers and mothers they didn't want to be part of the corrupt church organizations but others stood their ground which is what you and I must do they preached boldly and contended for the faith once for all delivered to the saints they were not afraid to die for their faith in God and some did die for it God saw their faithfulness and the Holy Spirit continued to teach and empower them if you are faithful the Holy Spirit continues to teach and empower you praise the Lord through them through these faithful followers of Christ in that first millennium the gospel of Christ passed from generation to generation and from century to century and from that millennium to the second millennium three persecutions couldn't stop the work of God next scripture please Hebrews chapter 11 verses 36 to 39 still others had trial of mockings and scourgings yes and of chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Praise the Lord. In that first millennium, organized Christianity, now a very powerful institution in alliance with the world's rulers, couldn't stand the truth. So it went on persecuting Christ's followers, using secular powers to torture and kill some of them. What an irony, what a tragedy, what evil, what wickedness. Those who claim to be Christians torturing and killing Christians for preaching the gospel once for all delivered to the saints and for refusing to embrace the words and commands of human beings they wanted them to take the words of human beings above that of God they persevered so they were sunned in two tortured, burnt at the stake they did everything, crucified whatever that suited them these are people who said they were Christian leaders we move to the next scriptures or church organizations who is right the scriptures or the church organizations who is right the scriptures or the teachings of the church you attend now apostate christianity's assault 
on the gospel of Christ, which is the truth. That which has been delivered once for all to the sense not to be mutilated or, 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 or destroyed or destroyed in any way, distorted. Continued for hundreds of years. It moved from the first millennium to the next one. It tortured the sense of God and shed so much blood as it tried to stamp out the truth. Which is that the scriptures is far and above all human constructs and traditions. In effect, church organizations must be doers of God's word. If they are not, they are apostate. Next scripture, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Praise the Lord. All scripture given for us, for the church, anyone that names the name of Christ must follow the scriptures or in error. But apostate Christianity of the first millennium and that encompasses the churches both in the east, west, oriental. It doesn't matter which. They are all going to post it. In the midst of the persecutions of believers in the 16th century, remember we are now in the second millennium, God opened the eyes of Luther, Martin Luther, a priest of the Roman Catholic Church, to see a great biblical truth. The just shall live by faith. Not by works, not by commands of the church, not by any human traditions. This truth was contrary to what his church organization was preaching. His church was preaching that the Roman Catholic Church was the only vehicle for salvation. And works defined by that church organization was necessary for salvation. In effect, they pushed Christ out and took the place of Christ. Yeah, they didn't go to the cross. Some believers before Luther, because Luther wasn't the first person, who had understood this great truth and espoused it, paid the price with their lives. We're going to see some of them. But can anyone stop God and his plans? Is it not foolishness for anyone, whether Satan, demons, or human beings, to even try? Can a created being destroy or stop his creator or her creator? I shall speak about two notable predecessors of Luther. Let's read him, please. One is John Wycliffe. Go ahead and read, please. He's on the board. Wycliffe was a philosopher, theologian, biblical translator, reformer, Roman Catholic priest, and seminary professor at Oxford University. He became a dissident within the Roman Catholic priesthood in the 14th century. Praise the Lord. Note that. Wycliffe was born in the 1320s, they weren't sure the exact date, and died 1384. Of course, he was killed, as you're going to see. See, his qualifications was a philosopher, a theologian, a Bible translator, a reformer, a Catholic priest, and a seminary professor at Oxford University, which must have been the topmost university or one of the, the top at the time. But he saw the light in the 1320s or to, up to the 1350s or whatever time. Next slide, please. Read. Wycliffe questioned the privileged status of the clergy, which had bolstered, bolstered their role in England, and the luxury and pomp 
of local parishes and their ceremonies. Praise the Lord. I took all this from Wikipedia, which is uh, the public uh, encyclopedia, which you can also access and read for yourself. He questioned the privileged status of the clergy. If we live we're here today, he questioned the privileged status of your pastors and Jews and whatever names they go by. He would have questioned them and asked, what is all this logic and pomp that you guys exhibit? He would have asked you, are you not brothers and sisters with everybody else? Weekly would have asked that question. And if you allow your pastors and Jews today, they will also kill him. Wycliffe is credited with translating portions of what came to be known as the Wycliffe Bible from the Latin Vulgate into English. The Roman Catholic Church of Constance, uh, sorry, the Roman Catholic Council sitting in Constance declared Wycliffe a heretic on May 4, 1415. They banned his writings and excommunicated him even though he had died in 1384, that's the point I want you to please get. See, what kind of church is that? You excommunicate somebody after the person had died, but that wasn't the, the worst one. They decree that weakness works should be burned, and his body should be what they go to a grave. Exhume his remains, burn the remains, and throw the ashes into the river. Can you beat that? And you are saying those people know God. No, 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 no. I'm not sure Satan would have gone that far. That's how evil and wicked the church of that generation. Next reading, please. John Huss was a Zetch theologian and philosopher. He was a master, dean, and rector of Charles University in Prague. Praise the Lord. After Wycliffe, the next person we are seeing is a theologian and philosopher. Again, look at his qualifications. He was a master dean and rector of Charles University in Prague. Or in Prague. He was condemned by the Roman Catholic Church as a heretic for his writings. After he refused to recant, they stripped him of his priestly garments and all church rights, cursing him before handing him over to the secular authorities to be burnt at the stake or to be killed, whatever way they want to do it. Martin Luther was, came after them. He was a German professor of theology. Again, watch. And a priest of the Roman Catholic Church. He was also an Augustinian monk. Let's read him, please. Take him from Wikipedia. Luther taught that salvation and consequently... No, sorry, sorry. Let's, let's move the slide back. Ordained a priest Good. in 1507, Luther came to reject several teachings and practices of the Roman Catholic Church, like indulgences. He proposed an academic discussion of the practice and efficacy of indulgences in his 95 Theses of 1517. Praise the Lord. He pasted it on, his, on the door of Wittenberg Church in Germany. That was the start of the Reformation. Next slide, please read. Luther taught that salvation and consequently eternal life are not earned by good deeds, but are received only as the free gift of God's grace 
through the believer's faith in Jesus Christ as Redeemer from sin. His theology challenged the authority and office of the Pope by teaching that the Bible is the only source of divinely revealed knowledge. Praise the Lord. This is how many years ago? More than 500 years ago that salvation is not earned by good deeds. It's not earned by your tithes and offerings. And you will sit quietly in churches and hear these people steal from you and you continue to give them. But this truth was known 500 or so years ago. Your goodness will not get you into, into heaven. Now, what will get you and I to heaven is that Christ died for us on the cross. And when Christ comes into us, he enables us to do the good deeds he, Christ, wants us to do. Not the ones we think is right. It's funny. Don't we read the Bible? The all-sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice. That is the foundation of the Reformation and Protestantism. His theology challenged the authority and office of the Pope by teaching that the Bible is the only source of divinely revealed knowledge. No human being can take the position of the Holy Spirit. That's the implication. Just click up, please. I read from Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not by works. The just shall live by faith in God and in Christ's sacrifice on the cross for the propitiation of our sins. Luther opposed sacerdotalism by considering all baptized Christians to, to be a holy priesthood. What is sacerdotalism? It's a Catholic teaching that emphasizes the powers of priests as essential mediators be between God and human beings. Can you beat that again? They have taken the place of Christ. That's what this priest, that was an invention in the New Testament church because the high priesthood changed to Christ on the cross and all of us became priests under the high priesthood of Jesus. But by dividing the clergy and laity, they brought back the Levitical priesthood. Luther opposed it. And Luther translated the Bible from Latin into the German vernacular. Because these are very intelligent, erudite men. And God used them because they were willing to surrender to God. Because of that, the Bible written in German became accessible to everybody. And that's, that will have a great impact on the Reformation. Because people cannot read and see the things for themselves, what, he, what he's talking and preaching. Luther was excommunicated by Pope Leo X for refusing to renounce his writings. Look at the writings. That salvation is what through Christ, not through what. See that? He was declared an outlaw by the Holy Roman Emperor in 1521. 
They would have killed him. But he was lucky because he saw the protection of German princes. They protected him. Otherwise, he was going to be killed. But looking back, I have a problem with that. That alliance with German princes had repercussions. Protestantism, that's Protestantism or Protestant movement, was tainted as a result. And later denominations will see nothing wrong in allying with the world's powers. Remember, we're not supposed to ally with the world. But for whatever reasons, he saw the protection of German princes rather than being carried off and killed. God uses you, but be careful. Make sure you seek him at all times. The fact God had given a particular truth to you doesn't mean you know the next one. That alliance had grave repercussions and continues to have grave repercussions till today. The apostate church before him had done that. Now he did that to protect himself. But then he opened the, the Pandora's box, as the saying goes. The printing press. Next reading, please. Read, please. The Gutenberg Press. In Europe, the printing press did not appear until 150 years after one chance innovation. Goldsmith and inventor Johannes Gutenberg was a political exile from Mainz in Germany when he began experimenting with printing in Strasbourg, France in 1440. He returned to Mainz several years later and by 1450 had a printing machine perfected and ready to use commercially the so-called Gutenberg Press. So printing press was not actually invented in Europe, but it came to Europe at this time. I took all this again from Wikipedia. Gutenberg borrowed money from Johannes Fust to fund his project. And in 1452, Fust joined Gutenberg as a partner to create books. They set about printing calendars, pamphlets, and other ephemera. In 1452, Gutenberg produced the one book to come out of his shop. A Bible. It's estimated he printed 180 copies of the 1,300-page Gutenberg Bible, as many as 60 of them on vellum. Each page of the Bible contained 42 lines of text in Gothic type, with double columns and featuring some letters in color. Continue the next slide, please. The worldwide spread of the printing press meant a greater distribution of ideas that threatened the ironclad power structures of Europe. In 1501, Pope Alexander VI promised excommunication for anyone who printed manuscripts without the church, church's approval. Twenty years later, books from John Calvin and Martin Luther spread, bringing into reality what Alexander had feared. Praise the Lord. The power structure in Europe was complete. The clergy with the secular authorities held sway and kept everybody else in bondage. But as we can see, no one can stop God's plan. The Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures. Despite what all those people tried to do to stamp out, well, if you want to print a manuscript, you must get permission. Of course, they know the manuscript in question was the Bible, or parchments, or some, some portions of the Bible. Because organized Christianity wanted to claim, actually they claimed, that only they can interpret the scriptures. They mutilated it and brought in doctrines of humans and demons and passed them as church doctrines. Their assault on the scriptures failed because the Holy Spirit was still working. We just saw three men, but there were many before them. 
Many unsung heroes of the Bible, as we saw in, uh, in Hebrews. Their soul failed. As the Spirit was walking, raising men and women through the centuries until he came to a head in the 16th century with the battle of the printing press in Europe or being brought into Europe knowledge exploded and the Bible became a place where many people read and that's why Protestantism thrived in Europe for many centuries but organized Christians did not give up they mounted what they called a counter-reformation but that failed woefully because people cannot read the Bible themselves. Consider the printing press. And cannot interpret things for themselves as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance. You see what we mean? It's important. And yet you and I today go to church. And we don't want to read the Bible. We want whatever they feed us from the pulpit. We take it. We don't go home to look at it. Yet, look at people that pay the price. And so many, I'm telling you, must have been in hundreds of thousands. Nobody will ever know. But we just brought three at the top of the theology profession that God used and moved the, 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 the button forward. Today we have a complete Bible, complete interpretation. Even though the Holy Spirit has to give us the right interpretation for our time. And yet, we are so lazy that we cannot read. What will happen when we are not told if we read it, we'll be killed? <laughs> well, that's a good excuse not to read. I am going to play a song because I must praise my king. Thou Almighty King, help us thy name to sing. Help us to praise Father all glorious over all victorious. Come and reign over us, ancient of days. Come, thou incarnate word. Guide on thy mighty sword our prayer attend, O God. Come and thy people bless and give thy word success. Spirit of holiness, on us descend. Descend on those who are waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit this day as they listen, O God. Come, holy comforter, the spirit of truth. Thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour. Thou who almighty art. Now rule in every heart. Who has called on the name of the Lord. And never from us depart spirit of power. Continue to teach and empower us O God. To thee, great one in three, that's God. Eternal praises be, hence evermore. The sovereign majesty may we in glory see, and to eternity love and adore. Dear God, 
all praise and glory belong to you. Thank you for the servants you used to move this ball through the millennium. From the first to the second. Father, touch your children wherever they are. The hearers of this message, those who watch, those who listen, that they become like your children who are fighting every day for the gospel of Christ. Our weapons are not canal. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We don't fight for God with physicality. We fight on our knees. Help your children to understand this essential truth so that they will no longer be afraid of these men and women of the belly who sit every day on Sundays stealing from them. And above all, misdirecting them and leading so many into Christless eternity. Father, I pray again, I join hands with those who are crying all over the world, your children. Pull down those strongholds, O oh Lord. Those men and women of the belly who continue to deceive your children, Father. Pull them down, O oh Lord, my God. Pull them down. No one can fight God and they're still fighting. No one can stop your plans, O oh God. Show them that none of them can, O oh God. Magnify your name in those pulpits so that some of them will simply just disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If they fail to repent, O oh Lord, let your fire, O oh Lord, come down and consume the four sacrifices that people continue to give them on the pulpit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if they didn't use your name, Lord, we will not pray this prayer, but they use your name. That's why we say, Father, Arise and fight for your people. Strengthen your children so they will know the truth. When they see these things happen, Lord, they will know for the truth that you are coming, and you are coming, and you are coming, and you are coming, and it's very soon. My Father, my God, I give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. I will see you all next Sunday by the grace of God. You have to fight. You have to contend for the kingdom of God. You have no choice. I have no choice. You must, is the button, pray on your knees. Cry out to God to come down and destroy the citadels of Baal. See you next Sunday. God bless you by his grace.